Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidanandamurtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Karyaika Dehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Eta-veja-kata-me-va-samsara-nava-seta-ve-prabhave-sarva-vidyanam-shambhave-gurave-namaha-guru-brahma-guru-vishnu-guru-devo-maheshwara-guru-sakshat-para-brahma-tasmai
more giggles. As a mom, I remember taking it to the next step, holding up a blanket between us and then lowering it, giggles. Why do we love it so much? Because that's what Shiva is doing, playing peekaboo with you inside. Your own divine essence is hidden from your view. You get little peeks now and then. It's quite reliable, though unpredictable. These moments of great joy arising within. It's a divine reunion when you experience your own self within. Nature can do it for you. Now in a winter storm, we've been ooing and aahing at the snow on the trees and the icy patterns on the windows. As a teenager, I remember lying in the sun at the beach for endless hours. It's funny, you know, I'd sleep late on a Saturday morning, getting up from my horizontal position on the bed, pack up some beach basics, take the bus to the beach and become horizontal again on the sand for hours. And somewhere in there, was it the sun that made it happen? Was it the sand? Was it the sound of the surf? Because I certainly didn't sit up to watch it, nor go swimming in it. Not much anyway. Somewhere in there, I'd feel whole. That's the word I can put to it now. I couldn't describe it then, but that's what happened. I felt whole. The separation between the inner me and the outer me dissolved. There was only one of me there. Now as a yogi, I know what was happening. Yoga knows how it works. My mind stopped. Took many, many hours of inertia to get there, but my mind stopped. When your mind stops, you find yourself. Swarupa, just as Patanjali describes. In the Yoga Sutras, chapter 1, verse 3, the sage says, Tadadrashtu Swarupe Vastanam. In the moment your mind becomes still, you abide in your own self. You become you. Peekaboo. But in yoga, when you use yoga's tools to quiet your mind and you experience that wholeness of your own self, it's not exciting. It doesn't make you giggle. That feeling of being whole that I felt after lying in the sun at the beach, that kind of wholeness doesn't make you giggle. It settles you. It pulls you together. It gives you inner depth. It is peaceful and fulfilling, full filling. You're being filled with your own self, which is felt as the sensation of bliss. Bliss is the felt sensation of self. When you feel your own self, 
you feel bliss. When you see your own self, which could be visual or more like an inner knowing, you experience clarity, creativity, inner knowledge, intelligence. The self makes you smart. So you get blissful and you get smart. What a deal. Peekaboo. You see you. It's an inner process. You use something to still your mind and your experience is peekaboo. I see me. I am me. In Sanskrit, this is, I'm going to translate peekaboo, aham brahmasmi. I am a self. I am Brahman. I am the ultimate reality being me. Shiva-aham. I am Shiva. Om Namah Shivaya. I honor my inherent divinity, my own self. Yoga is full of these sutras and sayings. Every mantra says it in a different way. This is the essence of yoga, which is the science of consciousness. It's all about discovering that you are consciousness. One of these sayings is tat twamasi. Tat twamasi. You are that. So there was a student who had been studying with the village guru. In ancient times, the families would send their children off to the local school, which was with the most learned person in town. And he had a big home and the students would, starting at about age five or six, they would go and stay in the guru's home all week and then go back home to their family on weekends, kind of like a boarding school. Their family was only a block, two blocks away. They would stay in the guru's house and they would learn about maintaining a house and taking care of the pastures and the animals and the crops and taking care of the other people. And they learned basic mathematics and all the various things they would need to run a household of their own. So after the basic 12 years of schooling, the guru was telling the student, you've done very well. You've learned everything you need to know to be able to run a household. And, you know, your parents are looking forward to having you home again. And they've got their eye out for a nice young lady. And um, your future looks very bright. And this Shisha, the student said, oh, Guruji, thank you so much. You have taught me everything, but, but isn't, isn't there like just one more thing? And the guru said, one more thing? I don't, I don't know what you mean, one more thing. I've taught you everything. But isn't there like all these years you've been preparing me for this moment, and this moment is going to be the moment where you give me, where you give me the great teaching? Oh, that, said the guru. Sure, I can give you that teaching. Tatvamasi, you are that. And the student said, that's it? I mean, you kind of been telling me that all along, you know? It was all built into the 
morning meditations and the ceremonies and Tatvamasi, that's it? And the guru said, I'm sorry. That's the best teaching I've got. Maybe, maybe you need a better teacher. You know, I'm just a village guru. Maybe you need a better teacher. There's a very great guru. He lives just on the outskirts of the nearby city. You go to your parents, you ask permission, you're probably going to be gone for a while. And you, and you tell them what you, what you want. And you ask for their blessings to go. Well, their parents weren't very excited about this, but they could see the young man had such a yearning. And so they gave him their blessings. They didn't really have any money to give him, so they packed up some food and he started off with his, you know, little bundle of food and an extra shawl. And, and he walked two or three days to the outskirts of the city, asked around, and he found the guru. And the guru, he was sitting outside under the shade of a tree, and he was expounding on these great philosophical principles that come from the Upanishads and Vedas. And, they, and the, as the student walked up, he went, yeah, I want that. And he came up and he approached the guru and he said, oh, Guruji, my village guru has sent me to you. Oh, really? Why has he sent you to me? I know this man. He's a very good guru. What is it that you want that he couldn't give you? Uh, I want, I want the great teaching. I want, I want, I want to know. Oh, said the guru. Mm, that's a very great yearning. It's a very great teaching. What have you brought to offer in exchange for such a great teaching? Oh, said the young man, well, you know, my parents, they, we, we have a small farm and they, they sent me with enough food for the journey, but I didn't bring anything. And the guru said, okay, that's okay. What you can do is you can serve me for a while. You can do some seva. You can, you can work for a bit and prepare yourself. And when you're ready, then I'll give you the teaching. Okay, very good, said the young man. What can I do? And the guru said, well, you see, just across the road, that pasture over there, that's my property. And the, um, and the, the cows over there, uh, they need someone to take care of them. So you can, oh, the young man said, very good, I know how to take care, care of cows. So every morning he got up early and he milked the cows and he took them out to the pasture and he followed them around to make sure they weren't eating the wrong things. And he inspected the cow dung to make sure they didn't have any infestations and collected the dung, which is used in fires. And he, he took good care of the cows. Day after day, he would be just across the road, following around and caring for the cows. And he would look across and he would see the guru sitting there under the shade of the tree with all these other students expounding on these great principles. Oh, I want to be there. Well, he can see me. If I can see him, he can see me. He knows I'm here. He said, when I'm ready, when the time is right, he'll call me in. Okay. Day by day, day by day. Twelve years passed in this way. And then the guru called him in, called in the disciple, called in the student, and he said, you have served me very well. You came for a teaching, now what is it that you want? 
And the student, the disciple, he said, I want to know, Guruji, I want to know. I want, I want the great teaching. I want to know. And the Guru said, Tatvamasi, you are that. And the disciple, he got it. And he was, he was propelled deep inside. And he caught it. And after a little bit, he said, I'm curious, Guruji, that teaching, that teaching is the same teaching my village guru gave me 12 years ago. And the guru said, the teaching hasn't changed in 12 years. <laughs> the truth hasn't changed in 12 years. It hasn't changed in millennia. Ah, but what is your readiness? Your readiness is what makes you able to see you. So all the practices are to prepare you for peekaboo, that you see you. Tatvamasi, you are that. Yes, you are that reality that is the only reality, that beingness that is being all. You are that essence which is hidden in all because it's being all. You are Shiva, but you don't know that you are Shiva. While you're looking for Shiva, you are being Shiva looking for Shiva, you are self looking for self. Are you going to look outside or are you going to look inside? Neither. It's a trick question. Are you going to look outside or are you going to look inside? This is a Shaktipat tradition, so you don't have to look. Not outside, nor inside. Why? Because once you've gotten Shaktipat, your own self arises within you. You are the one who is looking. Once you've gotten Shaktipat, your own self arises within. You don't have to wait for nature to show its beauty in a sunny day or a snowy day in order to have an experience of self. You don't have to wait for a favorite song to play. You don't have to hope that someone is going to say the right words or give you just the right look. You don't have to strain your brain trying to remember, aham brahmasmi, I am consciousness, aham brahmasmi, aham brahmasmi, aham brahmasmi, I am consciousness, I am consciousness, I am consciousness. Instead, in a Shaktipat tradition, you simply place yourself at the Guru's feet, and your own self arises within. Shaktipat gives you yourself. Peekaboo. You see you. Except it's not just little glimpses, not just little peaks. Everyone else settles for short little peaks, little glimpses, but they call them peaks like mountaintops, highs, great moments, mountaintop experiences. You know, I tried mountain climbing. You gotta climb that mountain for how long before you get to the top? And the bliss lasts how long? Not long enough. I figured out that the proportion of effort to pay off long ago 
for climbing mountains doesn't work for me because of the effort to pay off ratio. I wanted something better. And I found it. Yoga. Well, it was Baba, actually. He gave me yoga. He gave me myself. And he explained it, commenting on a verse from the Guru Gita, verse 76. Dhyana mulam guru murti puja mulam guru padam. Mantra mulam guru vakyam moksha mulam guru kapa. The Guru's form sources meditation. Worship is grounded in his feet. Mantra's root is the Guru's word. Liberation comes from his grace. Baba commented on this. He said, just as the mind that dwells in anger or delusion becomes trapped in anger or delusion, the mind that always contemplates the Guru eventually attains the state of the Guru. You become what you dwell on. If you dwell on your anxieties, you become more anxious. If you dwell on your desires, you have more desires. If you dwell on the past, you never outgrow it. If you dwell on the future, you never arrive there. If you dwell on other people, you don't know who you are, and you don't even live in your own body. But when you dwell on the guru, you attain the state of the guru. What is that? You live in the constant bliss and knowingness of your own wholeness, your own beingness, your own self. You are that which yoga calls that. The sage Patanjali explained the same thing in Sutra 1.37, Vitaraga Vishayam Vachitam. Focus your mind on one who has risen above passion and attachment. By meditating on someone whose mind is free from need and fear, you come to live in the knowing of your own self. You become identical with that being. You become what they are, which is the self. People think, oh, now I don't want to become dependent on a guru. I don't want to need a guru. But they're okay with being dependent on other people. Okay, they're okay with being dependent on unenlightened people. It's crazy. No, it's crazy making. Depending on unenlightened people to make you feel better, to give you a sense of self-worth, to make your life fulfilling and give you your bliss. Really? You think that's a good plan? I'm sorry, I don't agree. The effort to pay off ratio just isn't good enough for me. Once I met Papa, I figured out how it works. I could see very clearly how the whole system works, and I decided to game the system. I could think of Baba once and be in bliss. And everyone else in my life, my mind had been full of them for decades and full of all their chit. <laughs> their version of life, but it gave me very little bliss. They gave me grief, not bliss. 
I was at Baba's feet in a flash and I've never left. And he's never let me down. Never. That means I'm always up. He never lets me down. Dhyanam mulam guru murti puja mulam guru padam mantra mulam guru vakyam moksha mulam guru kapa. His form sources meditation, worship is grounded in his feet. Mantra's root is the guru's word, liberation comes from his grace. The second line of the verse is, worship is grounded in the guru's feet. Baba explained it this way, because the kundalini shakti flows continuously from the guru's feet, it is beneficial to worship them. The energy flowing from your feet is not quite so elevated. This is why in yoga, you never point your feet toward anybody. You're not doing them any favors by sharing your polluted energy with them. What, did I just insult you? Did I say your energy is polluted? It is. The energy of consciousness, in order to become embodied consciousness, coalesces in a downward flow, swirling and twining in on itself to become you. It's a cosmic process, meaning you are embodied consciousness. And then you add your personal stuff to it. All the stuff that runs through your mind and has been running through your mind for decades. It's akin to, I'll say, the plumbing in your house. Clear water flows in, but what flows out is gunked up with what you've poured into that water. But the energy flowing out the guru's feet is not gunked up because the guru has cleared their gunk. There's nothing left to get in the way. Nothing that needs to be washed away. Being embodied consciousness, the guru knows that they are embodied consciousness. They magnify the energy of consciousness like a beam of light shining through a magnifying glass. The energy flowing out their feet is pure energy, the energy of upliftment, Kundalini Shakti. Dhyanam mulam guru murti puja mulam guru param mantra mulam guru vakyam moksha mulam guru kapa. His form sources meditation, worship is grounded in his feet. Mantra's root is the guru's word, liberation comes from his grace. The third line is mantra's root is the guru's word. In Sri Malini Vijaya Tantra, Shiva says, Sagurur Matsa Maha Prokto Mantra Virya Prakashaha. I am that guru who has made the mantra conscious and who has revealed the potency of the mantra in a disciple. Without divine energy, mantra is just another set of words. Without divine energy, repeating mantra is like saying, I love you, I love you, yeah, I love you, without any feeling at all. The Shakti has to be put into it. That's what makes this mantra so powerful, that I got it from Baba, and he got it from his Baba, and he got it from his Baba. Since it is the Guru 
who has the power to infuse the mantra with consciousness. He is described as the root of the mantra. Another sutra says that his every word is a mantra, if you'll just listen. Dhyanamulam gurur murti pujamulam guruparam mantramulam gurur vakyam mokshamulam gurokarpa. His form sources meditation, worship is grounded in his feet. Mantra's root is the Guru's word, liberation comes from his grace. Liberation comes from the Guru's grace. Now the Guru's grace is God's grace, because there's nothing in the Guru to block that flow. While the Guru is the form of grace, God is the source. Like a river is where you go for water, but the water comes from the sky. For this, you need a guru who is established in consciousness and who comes from a lineage of such masters. The power that the guru bestows is embodied in the unbroken lineage of the masters. Again, like a river of grace that flows from the highest mountains, from the beginning of time, through the generations, all the way to us. In the company of such a guru, meditation comes spontaneously. Knowledge arises within. Without the guru, it's difficult to contemplate the self, even to imagine your own self as consciousness. Without the guru's teaching, there's no discipline in your life. Without the Guru's blessing, there's no real love, no light shining from within. Happiness and virtue arise from the Guru. Bliss and beingness arise within. You know, when sugar is put in a cup of tea, the tea is sweet. Roses make even the weeds around them fragrant. In the same way, such a Guru makes you a true disciple, just like he is. Such a guru gives you the experience of your own self again and again, peekaboo. And each time you have the experience, you are changed, you are uplifted, you are transformed. And then you have the experience again, just like mom or dad playing peekaboo with the baby. Peekaboo, I see you. And you want to be seen. But you think it's about other people seeing you. Not really. It's about you seeing you. It's about you being you. And that's what the Guru gives you. The experience of your own self again. And again and again until again turns into always. When you look at the guru, you see self. The guru shows you self on the outside. It works like two tuning forks. By spending time with the guru, you resonate at the guru's level of being, for you are that beingness yourself. On the outside, the guru shows you self, but on the inside, the Guru gives you self. That's Shakti.
That's the inner arising of your own divine essence so that you know you. Peekaboo. You see you. You be you. That's what life is all about. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha.